Welcome to the All of Life podcast from Redemption Church Tempe, where we have conversations on faith, culture, theology, and beyond to help us live all of life, all for Jesus. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the All of Life podcast. My name is Warren Williams. Today, I'm joined by John Crawford, uh, Jake Spodnik, Jim Mullins. What'd you call him? Seriously. You just call him Spodnik? Spodnik? Jake Jake Sputnik. 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 (laughs) Dude. All right. Come on. Jake Jake Slobodnik. Is that that okay? Is that right? I'm sorry. I don't want to butcher your last name. I know it has a lot of meaning. Yeah. It has a lot of meaning. Right. If if you need to call him by a nickname or something, you could always call him by... Mm. What do you think I'm going to say? I don't know. I'm going to say, like, today you've got the vibe of, like, (laughs) Super Mario goes to CrossFit. You, know? <laughs> you gotta get a new nickname Super for my Mario. mustache. <laughs> my mustache ego. So, Jake Slobodnik, who has a last name of great meaning, as I've heard from him mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the past, and I think that's fitting, right, for our discussion today, because we're talking about um, the meaning of pilgrimage. Yeah, All right, we're talking about pilgrimage, and I think for some of us in our context, maybe we can say, okay, like, what does that mean? Is that just something that maybe uh, the folks in the, uh, the old church, you know, early church used to do? Is it just for for other religions maybe who engage in this sort of thing? Like, why is this, is this even something that we should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I think even before we dive into that and like what it, um, why pilgrimage is important and maybe different ways that we could even engage in it, let's first like define what is a pilgrimage? What is that? Jim, would you uh, be able to start us off in this discussion? Like, what is, what is pilgrimage? What are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. The simplest way you could think about it is praying with your feet, mm. going to specific locations so that you can engage with God. Mm. When people think about pilgrimage, they often think of, like, pre-Reformation Catholic folks who were going to holy sites and something about the proximity of being in that holy site is where you would, like, You'd have some special connection with God just by being there. Like it was almost like this mystical, magical Mm. sort of thing. And so I think in the Reformation, we lost a lot of things uh, that were important, like certain practices like pilgrimage. But pilgrimage isn't rooted in that era. It's actually rooted in Scripture. Mm. Um, Yeah. I think the, the, like— what would you guys say some of the places where it stands out in Scripture of, of where people are literally moving to another location? Not like maybe even not even relocating, but like, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, one of the clearest places in the Psalms, the Psalms of the uh, the Psalms of Ascent, Psalm 120 to 134. Yeah. Um, those Psalms specifically were— uh, sung and prayed by the people of God as they journeyed up the Mount Zion to Jerusalem. And so these were pilgrimage psalms. Um, and so that that's one that really stands out of, even in your Bible, it'll say like, this is a pilgrimage psalm, um, where the people of God, uh, as often as three times a year, would, would take journeys up the Mount Zion um, and go on pilgrimages. Mm. So, you know, I just have a ton of questions about pilgrimages, right? All right, bring it them. It just seems like such a ancient, um, I, I don't know. I, j- I just don't get it. And so I just got some general questions about it. So yeah. you said it, 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 is, uh, it is praying with our feet, mm-hmm. right? So if I get in a car and I go somewhere, is that not a pilgrimage? It could be. But, but what, I, I think there's— it's. What, there's, what are the distinctives of a pilgrimage? Hmm. I think it's the intentionality— 
to uh, connect to a, uh, with God in uh, a particular location and using uh, what is present in that location, the memories it evokes, yeah, uh, the the beauty, uh, the, um, the the significance, either historically or personal, um, that reminds you of who God is and aids you in praying. Like, let me give you an example. Okay. So you're being antagonistic. Yeah, yeah. Let me hear. On special occasions with your wife, are you like, well, we could just like stay at our house. We don't have to go on vacation. We don't have to go to like our favorite place to eat. There's food in the refrigerator. Like there's something about a a mm. place. Mm-hmm. Or if she says, let's go out to eat for our anniversary. And you're like, well, McDonald's has, uh, mm. yeah. there's something about the significance of a place that aids in the connection of the relationship. Yeah. Why not that with God as well? Mm. Got him. Good. No, that's good. That's good. That's, good. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. good. You, you know, Jim Jim said praying with your feet. Another way to think about it is you're taking a journey, intentionally going somewhere uh, that'll lead you closer to God. Yeah. And so you think about everything that Jim has just said about place of remembrance. And so I think for some people it's, you know, there, there's a place that's significant to you. I, I've heard of um, a handful of people uh, going to the place in which they became a Christian, mm. right? That, like that that was a um, very, very significant place where they encountered the presence and power of the Spirit for mm. the first time. And so there's something about going back to that place, journeying back there, especially if you haven't been there yeah. maybe in a decade or something, and now you've been walking with Jesus for 10 years, you go back there and it's, man, to be able to remember and reflect upon. Um, and we see all throughout the Old Testament, specifically, all through De- Deuteronomy, especially, God says, remember, remember, yeah. remember. Instructing his people to remember because we're so prone to forget. Yes. There's something significant about being able to remember in an embodied place what right. the Lord's done. And I think that's so interesting. Like as, I, as I'm hearing you guys talk about it, I think even when we hear something like remember, we think it just has to be like remembered with our minds, right? Like, oh, I just need to go back there with my mind and remember maybe what God has done or remember, um, you know, how he's been faithful and all these sort of things. But like actually physically going to a place helps us better to remember as we just don't remember in our minds, but in, in an embodied way, we return to a place. Mm. Um, and so that that's really helpful. Jake, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think when I think about where I see in Scripture, the two biggest examples that come to my mind are the examples of pilgrimage acting as sort of like a like a hard stop or like a period or a paragraph break into the next thing. Mm. And I think of Elijah in the desert, and I think of him uh, in the midst of his mission and calling as a prophet of God, speaking this message to Israel, and then being attacked by Jezebel and then his, his, I don't know what to do kind of moment. Right. He goes away into the desert, into a different space. Mm. And that ends up being the place where he encounters God to move forward with the calling that he has. You see this too with Jesus as he goes out into the wilderness and you could be like, Oh, Jesus could have prayed anywhere. But for whatever reason, like before anything else could happen in his mission, the spirit of God drove him away into the wilderness mm. for an extended period of time yeah. to pray. Right. And so the things that I always, I love about pilgrimage is pilgrimage becomes, in my mind, it gets tied very quickly to prayer and solitude, mm. which 
without changing up the environment, the actual place, those things become very hard, especially solitude. You should be praying at all points at all places, but but to get solitude in that type of like, it's it can, I love how pilgrimage can act as like this hard breakup in the normal variety of life and it changes how you think and changes how your spirit begins to interact with God yeah. um, because it is such a different season and time by making it into a new place. So, so let me ask you this. So I go home today, right? Mm-hmm. And I talk to Jordan. I say, you know what, Jordan? I really need to make a pilgrimage to Cancun. Mm-hmm. What are some of the questions that she should be asking me to, to vet that what I'm actually thinking about doing is a pilgrimage versus a vacation? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, I think you've got a couple of things. Uh, one is, um, I think that there are three big questions. Um, the question is, um, where should we go? Um, why should we go there? Uh, and what do we do when we're there? So I think Cancun could be, you know, frankly, I think a lot of vacations are spiritual pilgrimages mm. to the religion of consumerism. Right. It's it's to go on this intentional journey to just consume as much food and experiences and all of these sorts of things to try to bring some satisfaction, which I don't think those things in and of themselves are wrong. No. Uh, but the intent is really important. So mm-hmm. why are you going? Um, I think of pilgrimage is almost like a mobile Sabbath. Um, right. Yeah. And in Sabbath, the easiest way to describe. Sabbath is just stopping from what you normally do, usually working, and filling it with playing and praying. Playing, enjoying God's world, or engaging deeply with God's world. Praying, having some intentional connection with God. And I think a lot of times when people go on vacation, it the playing is there, but there's not an intentionality of having a deep connection with God. And, and when people come back from their vacations— that deep emptiness that you feel yeah. is part of the shallowness right. of the intent. Um, right. So, so am I saying that food and like enjoying the beach and those sorts of things are wrong? No, no. absolutely not. not but, true. but can you take it deeper in connecting with the God who is the giver of those gifts? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, those would be some of the questions. Where should you go? What are you going to do when you're there? And and how does you facilitate that deeper connection? What what would you guys say yeah. to that? I mean, for Cancun, I mean, the, the quick one would be like, well, why do you want to go Cancun? Well, I mean, well, what was your intent? What's your intention to be there? What's your plan for being there? Mm-hmm. Like, why exactly are you trying to get there? And you could potentially answer those questions in a yeah. very healthy way. And Cancun would be the perfect <laughs> spot. Um but you'd have to be able to answer those questions. <laughs> like, well, it's nice. You know? So let's let's play out that hypothetical. <laughs> sure. Would you give? How about you give us a anti pilgrimage version of going to Cancun? <laughs> if you, if, the the anti pilgrimage. Yeah. If it is, Cancun. sure. You're intentionally going sure. there, and the end result is that you're gonna feel more distant from God and have a yeah, dis- yeah. Some, yeah. Easy. So you the plan is that you go to Cancun. And you are going to eat above what your body needs, exorbitant amounts at high cost. You're going to uh, not pray at all. Make sure you don't pray. Make sure you don't get good sleep. 
stay up late at night entertaining yourself to the max. Go to every bar you could possibly can, watch every movie you possibly can. And then when you wake up like completely tired out and your body's out of sync for your sleep cycle, just do it again the same the next day. Um, Avoid the Bible at all costs. Um, Avoid any type of prayer and don't let anybody ask you any type of reflective questions. Mm. Avoid all introspective questions. So are you telling me that pilgrimage to Cancun as you sit down and eat, you know, read your Bible, (laughs) drink Soylent, and, uh, and, and, um, you know— uh, be very serious with your reflective questions. <laughs> not, not at all. I mean, part of it, but like the soylent. No, that's silly. Soylent doesn't taste good. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> well, but you were just saying like you've it's you got to count your calories on your pilgrimage. <laughs> oh no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I said eating above and beyond what you need to the point of gluttony. Um. Like treating food, uh, so you can treat food on a pilgrimage as consumeristic or you can treat it as almost ritualistic, mm. in the healthy way, ritualistic. Mm. So one of the things I love to do if I get a, a time to do a pilgrimage, my space where I feel most connected to God ends up being the mountains around in Arizona. So I will pack up some, like whatever I'm into in that moment, either coffee or tea, and I'll pack up the best in a little mobile station to make it. And I will belabor the process of making coffee or tea mm. out in the woods. It will taste amazing. But there's there's a slowness to it where it slows me down. There's absolutely a taste and a deliciousness to it. So I would say maybe you can go to, like you can do Cancun, do a retreat and have a huge delicious meal. Mm-hmm. But it would have to be something that was, I, I would say, slowed down, intentional, very Thanksgiving provoking, savoring, savoring, savoring yeah. yeah, yep. Like, like just grabbing like a quick, like huge burrito from the hotel bar on your way to go do something else where you don't even get a slop, stop and slow down. That would be a bad example. Mm. Um, yeah, that's that's good. Almost eating sacramentally. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It, it, it just adding like I I see pilgrimage as taking a space, taking a time, and literally everything you do from the moment you get up, inject it with meaning. Mm. Mm. And I, I think maybe we've covered this already, but when we're talking about pilgrimage, right, do you have to go? Is there something important about going like a far journey away? No. No. So there I, could be. I, it, yeah. There could be. Okay. But the way I think of it is when you're answering the question of where you should go. So we should get into some of yeah. the like practicals. I think here are some categories. Places of historical significance, yeah. right? So, uh, for instance, um, I think the three of us, yeah, uh, when we were in Memphis, we went to the place where MLK was assassinated, yeah. and we had we were praying and lamenting uh, much of the, the unjust history in yeah. the country. That was a place of of historic significance. Mm. Yeah, or I've gone to um, the. The seven churches of Revelation in Turkey, mm-hmm. like in, in visiting yeah. those yeah. places and having that as a part of stepping into the pastoral ministry. This was when I was moving from Turkey back, mm-hmm. but like thinking about the church and really praying through mm-hmm. those places. So yeah. places of historic sig- significance, of personal uh, significance, like that are meaningful to you. Like John mentioned, the place where you came to know Christ, um, or I think places of like 
stark beauty or brokenness that jar you out of the humdrum of, of life. Yeah. What what would some of those places be? Yeah, for I was gonna you ask, guys? like, where are think, some of the places you've made pilgrimages to? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh one is just in creation, right? So I, I think about the Grand Canyon, um, where you want the um, oh, John is serious when he gets uh, yeah when he gets the hands are moving. He's <laughs> about to start preaching. Uh, a, play, a place that strikes awe, right? Uh, in the the beauty and majesty of God. Of yeah. when you stand at the rim of the Grand Canyon, there there's it does something to you where you realize just how small you are and how big God is. And so mm-hmm. I think that 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 can be. Um, a place that strikes a sense of awe in you at the majesty of God. But that that's also what cathedrals have done throughout the uh, history of the church, of even the beauty of the architecture of cathedrals, the stained glass. Um, uh, for me, it's uh, taking taking a, uh, which wasn't a long journey, and that's where, you know, even getting it to what Jim was saying, it doesn't have to be far, but the place that I became a Christian was down in Chandler, but I hadn't gone back to that place. Even though you drive by it on the freeway, I hadn't actually gone there to remember, to reflect, to pray. And a few years ago, I did that. And it was really powerful of just uh, recounting what the Lord had done in my life in that season and how he was drawing me to himself. It was very worshipful. Um, another place for me is is the beach. Like I think one of the most worshipful places um, to take— morning walk on the beach to pray, read scripture, um, look out yeah. and see the vastness of mm. the ocean and yet how small I am. Mm-hmm. And to know that the Lord knows the number of sand granules and the hairs yeah. on my head. That's and there's good. something about like being, you could use the beach as a consumer vacation, sure. but you could also use it as a very formative place. And that's also the place where I proposed to Marika, you know, so there's there's a lot of things that you can really remember on God's grace and how he's been so uh, so faithful to you in the midst of even when you yeah. weren't aware. Um, so I think there's a lot, of, a lot of places, but for me, it would be a place that really strikes a sense of awe and majesty of, of God. Mm-hmm. That's good. I got like three categories would be like, it'd be like super close, kind of cl- less close. And far, <laughs> you, should, you should like write the dictionary. <laughs> Those are good categories. Close, lessish, closish, close, and, near, and, far, and, and far, farer. Uh, so the the closest, the the smallest version of doing a pilgrimage for me would be uh, the top of uh, the core building at ASU, and so you can hike up to the top of the side stairwell, and you can get to the highest level, and you can see most of ASU out over it. There's a huge significance of ASU in my life. It's where I came to faith. It's where I got invited to redemption. It's where a lot of the big moments in my life happens. Mm. And so hiking up to the top of there, it's completely secluded. I love it. Then the medium version would be going to the Salt River with my brother. He's like mm. the perfect person to do pilgrimages with. That guy knows how to add intentionality to every moment. And then the farther version would be anywhere in the mountains for me. Like mountains have a huge significance because I grew up in the mountains. I have all these warm memories of family and yeah. when my family was still together. Um, moments where I feel like God was speaking to me even before I knew him. Mm. There's just kind of like this mysteriousness to mountains that I love. So if I get in the mountains, it helps. But those would be like, you know, you can Couple, have yeah. ranked up, you know, difficulty levels sure. of yeah. how far. 
It's interesting yeah. with mountains. I think there's something universal to it. Yes. Uh, in scripture, uh, almost I think all of the covenants in some way are connected to a mountain mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. of like standing up in this high place, viewing the grandiosity of like God's creation yeah, and having a sense of, of wonder. And that's where you meet with God and you receive his commitment to you mm. yeah. and you step into that with a commitment with him. Um, I think for people who, I think a lot of uh, this summer, a lot of people are, are thinking about their life. They're thinking about what changes they, do they need to make, yeah. career, all these sorts of things. And I think the easiest thing for people to do right now is to make a rash decision and just like move, get a new job, whatever. Their their hunger for pilgrimage, this moment of deep connection and reflection is going to play out in the consumer act of pilgrimage, which is just change a new thing yeah. or get a new thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But what I think people are actually hungering for is to step out of what this season has been and have a moment of deep connection with God. So before making those big decisions, I would encourage people to have some act of pilgrimage, even if it's get up on top of one of those mountains that yeah. surrounds yeah. us, bring your Bible and your journal, and like really spend time with God there. Mm, good. Really good. Well, uh, no, oh, go no. ahead. Uh, were there any other final just thoughts on pilgrimage? Maybe um, just helpful tips of what people should do that, while they're on their pilgrimage. Any any sort of final sort of things that we should know about pilgrimage? I think one thing I would just throw out there yeah. is the the pilgrimage and vacation can, especially as everybody's thinking about the summer vacation time coming mm-hmm. up, they don't have to be like diametrically opposed. Mm-hmm. You can actually take a ton of the pilgrimage thoughts and inject that into your plans for vacation. Totally. Um, and the example I think of, I remember me and Lexi had gone on a trip uh, and we were going to, uh, we were in one city in Barcelona in Spain and we met this couple and they were telling us about their trip and they were basically bragging about how exhausted they were because every day they were going to a new location in a new city. Mm to kind of mm. cram as much as they could into it mm. with hopes that it would be the coolest vacation experience, right? And that would be like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but the opposite would be like, whatever location it is, whether it be the beach, the mountains, somewhere else, wherever you can get, even if it's like a staycation, uh, to slow down your time, to have some of these more like ideas of pilgrimage and put that into your vacation mm. and guaranteed you'll come back more rested Right. more rejuvenated, more ready, participate in what God has next for you. Yeah. 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 So I'd say if we're playing the role of the pilgrimage travel agent, yeah. some <laughs> of the things that we would give people <laughs> to go. do. So if you need two categories, play and pray. Yeah. And when it's play, make sure it's at the pace to where you are actually aware of God's presence and enjoying the thing as a gift, not just trying to cram as much stuff into your time and into mm-hmm. your life. Um, there's a Alexander Schmemann uh, quote. He wrote a, a really good book about how all of life is sacramental. Um, he says, all that exists is God's gift to man, and it all exists to make God known mm-hmm. to man, to make man's life a communion with God. It, it is divine love, and he, this is in a broader discussion about food. He says, it's divine love made into food, mm. uh, made life for man. God blesses everything he creates, 
And in biblical language, it means that he makes his creation a sign and means of his presence and wisdom, his love and his revelation. Man is a hungry being, but he is hungry for God. Behind all the hunger of our life is God. All desire is finally a desire for him. And so in your deep enjoyment with food, savor it and let that hunger connect you to your deep hunger with God. Mm. When you see the beauty of the Mogollon Rim, that's where I would really encourage people to go. Let that uh, drive you to your to a, a sense of God's beauty that's even beyond that. So that's that's the playing piece. And then the praying piece, I would actually encourage people to engage God with all of their senses, mm. uh, with their sense of smell with their sense of taste, um, with uh, seeing uh, beauty. Um, yeah, sound, like listening to good mm. music and, and, and those sorts of things. And really focus on what evokes the memory of, the, of God's goodness. Go to that hospital where your spouse or good friend didn't die after mm. you prayed. Yeah. Uh, go mm. to the place where you proposed as your as you're thinking about what does it look like to lead your family well. Mm. Go like I, I like to go to this basketball court that where I used to feel the strongest feelings of having the absence of my my father when I was at mm. that court. And I go to that place to remind myself of the presence of the father who is always with me. Like what are those places for you yeah. and yeah. how can you go back to them? Man, so good. Well, someone who entered this conversation with some skepticism about pilgrimage. I think you guys have convinced me that I need to start thinking about this. I don't, I don't think I'm ready to go um, to Jake's extent of going to the mountains. I don't think the Lord has worked on my heart in that way. Just yet. <laughs> well, but there are some places near that I'm thinking about now um, where I think I should make a pilgrimage. Yeah, too, so. that sounds great. That's good. All right, guys. Well, um, I hope that um, if you enter the conversation like me as a skeptic, that you've come to just understand the importance and um, beauty of pilgrimage and that you're able to integrate it um, into the rhythms of uh, your worship and life and just in the ways that you engage God and his uh, beautiful creation. So I want to thank you guys for listening today and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the All of Life podcast. To get more information on Redemption Church Tempe, you can download the Redemption Tempe app or you can send an email to tempe at redemptionaz.com.